0: Welcome. The following presentation from Answers in CME is part of an educational activity titled Reflecting on the Role of Perioperative Immunotherapeutic Regimens for Resectable Non-Small Cell Lung Cancer, Evaluating the Evidence to Determine Better Pathways of Care. To access the full program and supporting materials, please visit the activity URL in the episode description. This activity is supported by an educational grant from AstraZeneca. Well, good day. This is Dr. David Harpole. I'm a professor of surgery and pathology from Duke University, and Dr. Eriqueta Philippe, who is the section chief in medical oncology at Val Hebron mm-hmm. University in Barcelona. In this first session, we'll discuss the rationale for a perioperative immunotherapeutic regimen for the treatment of resectable non-small cell lung cancer. Dr. Philippe. What are the unmet needs for patients with stages 1 to 3 resectable non-small cell lung cancer?
1: Yes, thank you for the questions. For stage 1 and 2 resectable non-small cell lung cancer, surgery is the primary curative treatment. However, we know that the five-year survival rates for patients with resected non-small cell lung cancer ranges from 61.7% stage 1a to 43% for stage 2b disease. So in this group of patients, postoperative recurrence remains a key concern. h cisplatin based chemotherapy is associated with an improvement in survival for those patients who underwent surgery when compared to no further treatment and overall, New adjuvant chemotherapy is associated also with an improvement in oral survival when compared to surgery alone. However, adjuvant or neoadjuvant chemotherapy improves survival at five years by only 5% in patients with non-small cell lung cancer.
0: Dr. Philippe, please explain why a perioperative approach may be superior to adjuvant or neoadjuvant only immunotherapy approaches.
1: There are some advantages with the use of perioperative immunotherapy. Reduce the necessary scope of primary treatment, downstage the cancer if positive, eradicate ermit the distant metastasis with a combination of chemo plus immunotherapy and also to assess response to immunotherapy earlier with adjuvant strategy. So first surgery and then adjuvant immunotherapy. The treatment goals is eliminate micrometastasis following the primary treatment of surgery. And the potential advantage is to initiate surgery sooner. We have approvals from the regulatory agencies in the adjuvant setting and also in the neoadjuvant setting.
0: Dr. Philippe, if you could review some of the trials of emerging perioperative immunotherapy regimens.
1: Yes. The Asian trial is comparing preoperative chemotherapy plus durvalumab followed by surgery and then adjuvant durvalumab versus preoperative chemotherapy by surgery the keynote671 trial is comparing, surgery, is comparing preoperative chemotherapy plus femmerma for by surgery and then adjuvant pembrolizumab versus preoperative chemotherapy for by surgery and I over 30 is comparing preoperative chemotherapy plus atezolizumab por by surgery and adjuvant atezolizumab versus preoperative chemotherapy for by
0: In the next session, Dr. Philippe and I will review the clinical implications of pathologic complete response rates for perioperative approaches that include neoadjuvant chemoimmunotherapy followed by adjuvant monoimmunotherapy after surgery.
1: In this second session, Dr. Karpol and I review the clinical implications of pathologic complete response rates. For a perioperative approach that includes new chemoimmunotherapy, followed by adjuvant monoimmunotherapy after surgery. So, Dr. Herbold, could you please describe the Aegean study design as well as the pathological complete response rates from this trial?
0: Yes. The Aegean trial is a large phase three trial randomizing patients to perioperative platinum based chemotherapy with dervalamab, four cycles before and or 12 cycles after surgery versus the same four cycles of platinum-based chemotherapy and placebo before and after. The pathologic complete response rate was 17% in the DERVA arm and 4.3% in the chemotherapy-only arm, and 4% is around the usual 4 to 5% that we've seen in numerous previous neoadjuvant chemotherapy trials in these patients and the major pathologic response was 33% in the dervalamab arm and 12% in the chemotherapy only arm with a difference of 21% both of these were significant
1: Thank you. And Dr. Harper, could you please comment on the potential differences in the design of the Keynote 671 study and also the percentage of pathological COVID responses in, in that trial?
0: So the Keynote 671 was a similar patient population in patients who were randomized to a perioperative approach of pembrolizumab with chemotherapy before and adjuvantly after surgery. In keynote 671, the patients were given two choices of chemotherapy cisplatin plus gemcitabine for those with squamous. And for the non squamous patients, it was cisplatin and pemetrexed. So there was no carboplatin option for those patients, which was allowed in a GNN, is the basis of the platform for many patients treated in neoadjuvant chemotherapy. A second difference was that the keynote did allow Alkan EGFR patients. From the PATH-CR rates, they were very similar to those seen in Aegean, numerically almost identical. Dr. Philippe, could you describe Nadeem-2 study design as well as the pathologic complete response rates for the Nadeem trial?
1: The Nalim-2 trial is a randomized phase 2 trial including a patient with a stage 3A and 3B disease. Each patients were excluded, and patients were randomized to one to, to the experimental arm, three cycles of preoperative carboplatin paclitaxel nivolumab, followed by surgery, an adjuvant nivolumab for six months, or the control arm that was three cycles of preoperative carboplatin paclitaxel followed by surgery. Again, the percentage of pathological complete responses were higher in the reoperative chemo plus Nivo arm, 36.8% versus 6.9% of pathological complete sponsors in the chemotherapy alone arm. And also major pathological responses were seen in 52.6% of the patients in the prior chemo plus Nivo arm, comparing to 13.8% of the patients. In the preoperative chemotherapy alone. So in the next session, Dr. Harpole and I will review the impact of perioperative immunotherapeutic approach on event free survival and progression free survival rates in patients with resectable non-small cell cancer. In this third session, Dr. Harpole and I will review the impact of perioperative immunotherapeutic approach on event free survival and parescent pre-survival rates in patients with resectable non-small cell and cancer that hard hardcore. Could you please describe the event-free survival rates from the IGN trial?
0: Yes, we used event-free survival, which is a more stringent endpoint that includes all outcomes. And at the first planned analysis at 30% of the events, it was highly significant such that the event-free survival median was not reached in the treatment arm with drivalumab and was 26 months in the chemotherapy-only arm. And that translated to a 11% difference in 24 month and a 9% difference in 12-month event-free survivals with a p-value of 0.0039.
1: And Dr. Harper, what are the event-free survival rates from the Keynote 671 trial?
0: The Keynote 671 trial had a similar rate of the event-free survival with a median not reached in the Pembrolizumab arm and It was a median of 17 months in the placebo arm with, again, a difference of 13% at 12 months and 22% at 24 months. The keynote data are somewhat more mature with a median follow-up interval of 24 months versus 11.7 months in Aegean. Dr. Philippe, could you describe the secondary endpoint of progression-free survival results from the NEDM trial?
1: Yes. In the two trial, only patients with stage 3 were included, and progression-free survival was longer for those patients receiving the alternative chemo plus nivolumab followed by surgery and adjuvant nivolumab. In this group, the median PFS was not reached. It was 18.31 for those patients with operative chemotherapy with a hassle ratio of 0.48. So again, better results with radiooperative chemo plus immunotherapy, followed by surgery and adjuvant immunotherapy. In the next session, Dr. Harpol and I will discuss the most recent safety data for a perioperative immunotherapeutic approach in resectable non-small cell lung cancer. In this first session, Dr. Harpall and I will provide a clinical interpretation of the most recent safety data for a perioperative immunotherapeutic approach in resectable non-small cell cancer and offer multidisciplinary strategies for adverse event management. And Dr. Harpall, what are the adverse events in the Asian study?
0: Well, the AE rates were almost identical between the chemo plus dervelumab arm compared to the chemotherapy only arm with grade 3 or 4 events at 42 and 43% respectively for the immunologic potential events they were slightly higher if you took any grade it was 23 versus 10% but for grade 3 and 4 they were frankly rare in the dervalumab arm
1: And Dr. Harper, what are the most relevant toxicities described in the Keynote 671 study? Any differences with Asian?
0: The treatment arms were similar with the pembrolizumab arm having slightly higher total grade 3 to 5 events at 45% versus 38% and slightly higher grade 3 to 5 immunomediated AEs at 6 versus 1.5%. But again, a pretty good safety signal for using perioperative pembrolizumab with chemotherapy. Dr. Philippe, can you give us an overview of the safety data from the NADIM-2 trial?
1: Yes. Yeah, so, uh, thank you. In the preoperative chemo plus nivolumab and a chuban also very good toxicity profile. The most important toxicities include fatigue, alopecia, and arthralgia, but in the majority of cases, grade 1 or 2.
0: Dr. Philippe, if you could comment on the management of the adverse events that could be immunologically related when one is given a perioperative approach for the treatment of lung cancer.
1: For correct management of immune-related toxicities, I would like to highlight the relevance of educating patients and family, respectively, about the risk of pneumonitis, diarrhea, Another immune related side effects.
0: I'll add to that. We have also felt the multidisciplinary approach is important. And this includes endocrinologists and pulmonologists and sometimes dermatologists and people to be involved with the program because we see some complications, which frankly, we don't often see with a standard chemotherapy and chemoradiotherapy platform.
1: So, in the next session, Dr. Harpol and I will discuss how clinical data supporting the efficacy and safety of perioperative immunotherapeutic approaches may affect the management of appropriate patients with resectable non-small cell and cancer, as well as which patients may be appropriate for this approach. In this session, Dr. Harpold and I will focus on the management of resectable non-small cell and cancer. So, Dr. Harpol, could you please introduce the patient case?
0: Yes. So this is a 71-year-old former smoker who was in otherwise good shape that was found to have an abnormal chest X-ray. The PET CT and CT scans demonstrates a large right upper lobe mass, which was highly PET positive. Mediastinal nodes were negative. However, a Tyler node was also positive on PET. So the rest of the workup were negative. The navigational of bronchoscopy and EBUS demonstrated that one lymph node at level 10R or level one to be positive. Out EGFR were negative and PDL was 25%. The patient was treated with neoadjuvant pemetrexed, cisplatin and nivolumab for three cycles, underwent restaging, which demonstrated a significant radiologic response in the primary. The patient underwent a video-assisted lobectomy with a 90% pathologic response or major pathologic response with all nodes negative and only 10% viable tumor in the smaller mass. From a surgical standpoint, anyone that one was considering a resection would be a candidate for a perioperative immunochemotherapy regimen. Both EGFR and ALK status need to be known ahead of time, and I would not recommend a perioperative immunochemotherapy approach in those that are positive. Both GN and the keynote trial had a positive result for all status of PDL, but it is helpful in selecting appropriate therapies.
1: Yes, I fully agree. In this new era of immunotherapy plus chemotherapy, it's important the role of the Thoracic Tumors Committee to discuss all patients all together in order to define the treatment. But yes, for stage one, surgery of wrong could be a good option and to decide adjuvant strategy based on the pathological reports, and for stage 2 and 3, the potential contribution of perioperative chemoplasm immunotherapy should be discussed. So, perioperative chemotherapy plus immunotherapy strategies increase the pathological complete response rates and the event survival in the randomized trials conducted. So, important new strategy in patients with early-stage disease.
0: Yes, I couldn't agree more. I want to thank Dr. Philippe and the audience for listening to these new data, which are going to have a major impact in our care of lung cancer patients.
1: Thank you for listening.
0: Thank you for listening. Please visit the activity URL in the episode description to view all program materials, complete the post-test, and get a certificate.